Hello. Right. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to, I'm so glad you brought that up. This is our podcast. I'm Haley. I'm Morgan. And we are so excited to be here talking to you guys today. So what are we going to do, Haley? What are we going to do? So this is a pop culture podcast. Um, if there's one thing about Morgan and I, we love to talk about pop culture. Love some pop culture. We love it. Um, so I think we should give a little bit of introductions to ourselves first. Um, so how did we meet, Morgan? How we did me- we meet? How did we meet? I think we met in a research methods class. I think that was the first class we ever had together. We did indeed. We met in a research methods class. Um, We both hated it the whole time. It was a big (laughs) struggle for us. Let me just tell you my experience though, Morgan. So you walked into class and I was like, I want to be friends with her. And Haley, I had the exact same reaction. No, because we've never talked about this. But you walked in and I said, I want to be friends with her so bad. And we just didn't really sit together. So it was like, we didn't really have the opportunity to like talk. But I found you on Instagram and I was like, immediately follow. And then you followed back. And I was like, okay. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. But we weren't really friends in that class. No. Like, we didn't, we became friends after. But yeah, we we really became friends, like, this year, I would say. Definitely. Which and is sad because you're graduating. I am, in fact, going to be leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not sad to be graduating. Sad to be leaving you, though. Sure. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but that's how we became friends. We go to college together. Yeah, we're both communication majors. Yep. All and about that mass comm life. All about that mass comm life and English minors, I think. Yeah, too. professional writing. Professional writing. writing. Professional wow, writing. Um, but I think one day we just started talking about movies and like yeah. pop culture influences and we realized how similar we were. Um, we have a lot of the same opinions. The l- correct opinions. Correct. Which <laughs> you will be hearing um through this podcast. Um, but yeah. So that's what we're gonna be talking about. Um, and then we also, we're going to have, like, a, each episode is going to have, like, a dedicated topic or maybe, like, yes. a couple of topics. But we want to take the beginning to just talk about recent, what's, what's recent happening, culture. what we're watching, anything yeah. that's been going on. Um, I just watched the documentary White Hot on Netflix about Abercrombie and Fitch. And that was fascinating because I knew that like the company was full of controversy like I remember hearing about their CEO being like I don't know there was some quote and maybe I'm misremembering this but he was saying something like we want to be exclusive like Mm -hmm. we want to be an exclusive brand and like they were getting um like clap back for not being size inclusive and I didn't realize how deep the exclusivity went in the company culture, um, which was just like, I never, I think, because I was born in 2001, mm-hmm. so I, like, I wasn't, sh- I mean, neither one of us yeah, were shopping it, at Abercrombie no. at, like, the, at its peak, yeah. like, at its peak craziness, so, like, that's just not something I understood, like, the mm-hmm. cultural impact this brand had, so it was just, it was something really fun to, and interesting to learn about, absolutely insane, their CEO, or he's not their CEO anymore, I think his Mike Jeffries was his name. Mm-hmm. Terrifying man. Okay. Terrifying man. Like they had ex Abercrombie corporate employees, and they were like, "We were afraid of him." Yeah. Insane. Um. So I highly recommend that to anyone who has like an ounce of interest in fashion, or if you're just like me and like to watch documentaries in but your free course. time. That was definitely a good one. Love it. I love a good documentary. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um. I think the next thing we wanted to bring up. <laughs> Let me know if you're 
if you're as far into this as I am. Okay. Um, but recently, there has been some celebrity feud between um, Hollywood it girls, if you will. Yeah. Um, Selena Gomez and Hailey Bieber are supposedly beefing with some influence with Kylie Jenner. I'm not entirely I, sure yeah, I have the situation. Pretty far removed from yeah. it for the most part. I definitely like started paying attention recently when I knew we wanted to bring it up yeah. on this pod. So yeah. I was like, I don't want to sound like a complete idiot talking mm-hmm. about this. Um from my understanding, it started because Selena Gomez like got the highest number of Instagram followers and it had been Kylie Jenner for a really long time. So that kind of spiraled into this whole situation where supposedly Kylie and Haley were like throwing shade at Selena in a bunch of different ways, which isn't new. Like no. Haley Bieber wants to be Selena Gomez literally so bad. I was watching a TikTok about how like Selena has that G tattoo behind her ear for is it her little sister? I think so. I'm not sure. And then Haley apparently also has a G tattoo in the same place. But like the punchline of the TikTok was like, "What's your G, Haley?" Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't listen. It feels like a lot of hearsay. It's very much a lot of hearsay, and this is what that's kind of the point of the whole situation. I am all for girls supporting girls, but the thing about Haley Bieber is she is a mean girl. Like she gives like, off yeah. she gives off mean girl vibes, and I'm not I really do not mean this in a malicious way because we don't know these people. Right. At the end of the day, this is the bottom line of this podcast. Morgan and I will be telling you a lot of opinions on a lot of different. And it's all opinions. It's all opinions. And we're not claiming to be. We don't know these people. We no. don't know their lives. We don't know their situations. But I will say, Selena is a musician. Selena is an actress. Selena is doing the dang thing. Yeah. And Haley Bieber is a nepo baby. Okay? That's just the truth. And that's all I have to say about that. It's definitely um it's definitely a weird situation. It is weird. It's because weird. Even Selena was on alive on right. TikTok, I guess, and she was like, I'm 30. Like I shouldn't have to be dealing with this. No, Which, 100%. Like, props to her. But then I don't know if you know who Angelica Oles is on I YouTube. Don't. She does like makeup and I don't want to call her a drama channel. I guess she's more like commentary. Okay. And I usually just, I love her stuff. I love yeah. her videos. Um, and she was talking about the situation. She was like pulling receipts on Selena too, though. Sh- sure. That, I'm, like, sure, I'm oh, sure Selena's not. Oh yeah. Like Selena's situation. not perfect. But it was just, yeah. it was interesting seeing that video that had like both sides. Cause 100%. like promoting yeah. the, like Haley Baldwin slander. Yeah. But there have been some comments on some TikToks like th- from Selena. Yeah. That I have the one about Taylor Swift specifically where she's like kind of adding fuel to the fire. Did you see the one about Taylor? I don't think I saw the one about okay. Taylor. So let's talk about the one about Taylor because this <laughs> is how I found out about the situation. Haley Bieber was on some type of show where she like names that tune type of vibe, like a game show like that. Was this the comment that was like, like my besties, besties killing it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then yes, yeah. I do know this one. That then, was what started the whole feud for me. I didn't even know about everything that had been going on before. So then it just kind of spiraled. It just bottom line, grow up. <laughs> All of you grow up because this doesn't matter. Like I'm about to pull up that sound of Kourtney Kardashian being like, Kim, there's people that are dying. <laughs> there's people that are dying. Okay. Yeah, like this just, doesn't matter. I think that. Between Selena and Haley 
yeah is tired it's tired it's, it's annoying tired. and it's tired how long has this been going on since we were adolescent children okay yeah like this is this whole this like, whole did, thing when started did justin and selena break up oh my god so long ago yeah like this is the modern day this is the millennials version of like joshua bassett olivia rodrigo sabrina carpenter yeah yeah that's the origin like that's what it and feels even like that to me. felt less messy yeah I just think I'm so con- honest. I'm gonna be so honest. I'm very confused by the entire situation. Me as well. And I've that's, been trying to follow, and I've been trying you know, to make sense of it. Same. But at the, like at the end of the day, it's not. At the end of the day, we don't know these people. Yeah. And that's what I feel like it comes down to with any celebrity drama. Oh, absolutely. It certainly happened with the whole Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, "Don't Worry, Darling" thing. Yes. It got to a point where I was like, okay. Which I still want to. Okay. I still want to know what that salad dressing is. Yeah. Wait, yeah. no, but she posted the recipe for it, didn't she? Oh, she did. She did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm she gonna did. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it, and, and I'll talk about it please, in the next Please, please do. Next um, yeah, that's what it comes down to at a certain point. So that's, if anyone has any insight on that situation. Yeah, if anyone can it, clarify anything, perhaps. Let us know. Um, but I think we should talk about something a little bit more uplifting, which is that Daisy Jones and the Six comes out on Friday. I still need to finish the book. I have. Wait, did you start it? The book? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> I didn't know that. Here's the thing. I'm the world's st- slowest reader. And that's okay as long as you start. Because my problem is, is I get bored. Okay. And so you got then, bored no, reading no, no, Daisy? Okay. No, okay. no, 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 no. I was no, no. about, we were about to end the podcast right here. <laughs> You're like, over. We <laughs> You're done. No. I go to Barnes and Noble. Sure. And I'm just like, I'm just going to walk around. Sure. I'm just, I just, just going to peruse. I just want to see what's there. Right. And then... I find a book that sparks my interest, and of course I buy it. Yeah. And then of course I start reading it, forgetting okay. that I have another book half finished at mm. home, but a book or two or three mm. or four unfinished at home because it is a vicious cycle. Okay. Because I, at some point in my life, convinced myself that I can in fact read multiple books at one time, and that is a lie. That okay. is that is simply a lie. Yeah. And so I just need to like train myself out of that and I'm reading a short book right now, and I'm literally four, because I'm like probably more than halfway done with Daisy Jones and the Six. Awesome. Love it. But I need to finish my current book, Okay. and then I'm going to go and finish Daisy Jones. Spoiler alert um, ahead. What part of the book are you at? That's a fantastic question. Okay. It's been a hot minute since I picked it up. Um, oh, um, I'm going to get this wrong. All right. It's fine. Basis, uh huh. Karen, yeah, yeah. Is they they she has just started dating someone else in the Karen and Graham. Karen, thank you. Yes, yeah. yeah. So like it's, I think you're at that. They just started dating. I don't know if they just started dating or the band has just found out. Okay, it's it's okay. somewhere in that timeline. Okay, okay. Anyway, I'm very <laughs> excited for the show. Um, I read Daisy Jones in 2020. Like, I was one of, like, I was in that first crowd of when Daisy Jones was popular. Mm -hmm. I have been waiting for this adaptation for what feels like an eternity. (laughs) And let me just say, I think this is going to be one of our um, episodes to come, but we're talking about book to screen adaptations. My goodness. Um, But I seriously have never seen an adaptation better casted than Daisy Jones and the Six. When I, I was reading it, they, they are what I pictured. See, I think because I haven't finished it yet, Yeah, 
I felt like the casting felt a little off because they just felt really old. But then I forgot that the book spans like years. Years. Yeah. They're being interviewed when they're like not in the band anymore. Exactly. So like I forgot that part of it. So I was like, this casting seems off. But, and also now that I've seen more pictures, it's so good. It's a lot better. It's so good. It just makes me so feral. I'm so excited for it. The music has already been amazing. Like they've already released it a couple songs. And then the whole album comes out on Friday when the show comes out. Which I think that's so smart. It's so smart. It's the best marketing tactic ever. To not even make it like the Daisy Jones and the Six soundtrack right. to like make it its yeah. own body of They are work. a band. They are a real band. I like I think that's perfect. It's amazing. It's like it's amazing. Okay. This is gonna be a weird callback. All right. But it's giving when I literally like I can't believe I'm comparing this, but like just stick with me here. It's giving when 13 Reasons Why came out, and then oh they God. started Instagram accounts for yes. all of the characters yes. to, like, get you more emotionally yes. invested. I am obviously not comparing Daisy Jones and no, the Six I know. and I know what you mean. 13 Reasons. They also, this is going to be very niche, but did you ever watch Skam, the Norwegian show? Okay. Absolutely not. No, no barely anyone <laughs> ever did. But they did that for the Skam characters, where it was like... There's Skam, another show that did that, too, and I don't yeah. remember what it was. Skam was very interesting because it was, like, video clips that were... So, it was released at the same time that it was happening. So, it was, like, if it was 11-11 in the show, oh. it, the clip was re- was released oh. at 11-11. So, like, the audience was waiting for new clips to drop. And then it would compile itself into an episode. I love an immersive experience. That's also why I love concept albums. I love an immersive experience. Love it so much. Um, Anyway, keep an eye out for Daisy Jones and the Six on March 3rd, everybody. I can't wait. Um, I think we should talk about what we're watching recently before we dive into the episode topic of today. Are you watching anything interesting or anything on the docket that you want to watch? So here's the thing about me. All right. I, and I can't believe I'm going to say this as now the host of a pop culture podcast, It t- it's so hard for me to get into TV shows. Okay. I'm much more likely to watch like a docu-series Valid. or like um, a documentary on its own or um, a movie. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I think the commitment of TV shows like stresses me out. It's very interesting. Um, that probably says a lot about me as a person. Yeah. Um, and like all my friends who are hopefully going to listen to this are going to be like, Basically, no. <laughs> the, the call is coming from inside the house. Like, sure. No one's going to be surprised by that. So I <laughs> just continually watch the two, like the, the, like the two same shows. And what shows are they? New Girl, obviously. Yep. Great choice. But of course. Masterpiece. And Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. And that's valid. Because <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say Seinfeld is good. Sure. I'm going to sit here and say that I respect it as a show for what it did for sitcoms. Right. Because I've never seen it. I do I'm recommend sorry. watching at least a little bit of it okay. because also I really love Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Who, plays who doesn't? Elaine. Who doesn't? Did um, you ever watch Veep? <gasps> I want to watch Veep so bad. But here's also the thing about me I have access to like two streaming services, yeah, yeah, yeah. neither of which Veep happens to be on. Okay. Um, so I think I watched it on HBO. Don't have it, HBO. It, I don't have HBO. Okay, okay. I know, um, which is tragic. I need to get on that, but yeah. Um, no, that's valid because at the end of the day, that's me with Gilmore Girls. No, I was gonna say like there's certain other shows uh, that I like. Gilmore Girls yeah. again. I mean, I go okay, back no, to that. Gilmore all the Girls time. is a good show. 
Gilmore Girls is a good show. It's it's good. She has her moments. Yeah. I could do a whole but dissection like, of that show. And same with Friends. Like, I love right. Friends. Friends is definitely no, it's very a comfort much a show. comfort show. Yeah, I'm, you put it on yeah, in the background. I'm not sitting here saying that it is groundbreaking totally. or that it is the best thing to ever, gra- yeah. like, ever grace media. But I think, like, Seinfeld and Friends did a lot for sitcoms. Yeah. I Like, like just like the I completely the agree. Of that sitcoms. era of sitcoms, for sure. It did a lot. Um, it's so interesting because I feel like I'm actually completely the opposite where I prefer TV shows because they seem like less of a commitment than a two hour movie, which in theory literally makes no sense. <laughs> well, cause like, um, uh, no, because my thing is like, if I waste two hours of my time, like that's cause I, I also don't like to not finish things. Yeah. I, yeah. I always have to finish I it even if to, I hate it. I have to, it takes a lot for me to not finish yeah. something and I'm not even gonna say the name of this documentary because I don't want to give it like clout gotcha I was watching one and I was like it just it was about it was about a cult mm. and it took like the craziest left turn in the middle of it that just made me so wildly uncomfortable that I was like I physically cannot keep watching this like it was making me feel ill yeah but I, I so that's why I'm like if I don't like a tv show and if I don't like it, by if I still don't like it by like the second or third episode, I'm dialed in. I'm committed. I understand that. Like, because um, I also need to talk about this. Okay. I am sick and tired of people telling me to watch a show and them saying, "But the first episode's really bad. Like you just have to get through." Or, or <laughs> even, or even worse, <laughs> or even worse, you have to get through the first season and then it's good. I, no, I do. I say that I, a lot. No, and I have definitely said that about yeah, shows. For sure. I Like, I'm not, like, yeah, like, call yeah. me a hypocrite. Like, I have definitely 100% said that about shows. Yeah. But I am sick of it. No, I understand that. Because I do understand that. First episode, okay. Pilot episodes are always a little Hit off. or miss. Hit or miss. They're yeah. always filmed. You gotta like, get into the story. And they're filmed months in advance of right. the rest of the, like, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to be more gracious if just the first episode is bad. If the entire first season is bad, <laughs> no, because like, like that's true. Like what am I? I I will never say the whole first season is bad. I'll usually be like, you got to get through like the first three episodes, and then it'll get good. But I don't have that patience. That is understandable. Like you know, you know what I watched recently? Um, that '90s show. Okay, I will say first episode painful. Mm-hmm. First episode was rough. Yeah, so much better. Uh, like sure. literally second episode on so much better. Yeah. I really need to get back into my TV game. I feel like this is the problem with well, me. Because you've been watching the Oscar movies too. Oh my God, yeah. This is the problem with me. I can't do more than one thing at one time. No. So if I'm watching a bunch of movies. It has to only be I movies. can't read and I can't watch TV. I don't know who you're talking about. I can't multitask. No. I and if it. I'm watching a really good TV show, I stop reading for months and I never watch a movie. So it's just that cycle. And at the moment, I'm trying to get through the rest of the Oscar movies, which so at this are, point, it's painful. A, yeah, and I have a question. Yeah. About, are you watching all of the... Well, I guess no, because you're not then, because you just said that you finished The Whale. <laughs> I thought you were just watching all of the best picture noms. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're watching... I'm watching all, all of, of them. them. All of them. How's that? How's that going, Bestie? Listen, it's a lot better than last year. I'm really? going to be real. Last year was what painful. Was, what was on last year's... Coda... The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Oh, okay. Um, goodness, I'm trying to think of more things I, like that. I think last year was just a rough year for me it because was, it was the it first was, year, yeah. like coming back, of, like yeah, coming like, back kind of cinema. Back. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Last year was rough, dude. Like, Coda was phenomenal. I could talk about Coda all day long. Mm -hmm. But there were, like, a couple good ones. Oh, definitely. Yeah. My God. Like, the majority were insufferable. This year, I've been pleasantly surprised by most of them. There's going to be a couple duds no matter what. Yeah. But, like, I think because um, Everything Everywhere All at Once was so phenomenal... (laughs) Just, I haven't even seen it, and I'm I'm rooting for that one for best picture because and as you should everyone who has talked to me about it like I, which this gets into our yeah our, our topic, topic today. I love Letterboxd, Letterboxd, yeah. and I love like all of the reviews have just been phenomenal. Everyone yeah. that has watched it has raved about yep. it to the point where I like I want it to win. Yeah, I'll definitely. Oh, and like I'm going, I am going to watch it. Yeah, I. I just, it is cinema. Yeah. It just is. Well, and not to, not to bring this up. That's how I felt about Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> but if there's one thing about me and Morgan, we will talk, talk about, about Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. <laughs> but no. It's true. And, but okay, talk about but it, again, I'm not talking about Top Gun Maverick as like the art of cinema. No, 100%. You know, like it was a, it was a summer blockbuster yes. and it's. It did what it had to do. It did what it had to do. Because that, I think, was one of the first movies I saw in theaters again. No, yeah. that's a lie. The first movie I saw in theaters again was The French Dispatch by Wes uh, Anderson, yes. or directed by Wes Anderson. I still haven't seen that. Um, I'm, I love Wes Anderson. Yeah. I love Wes I Anderson love too. so much. I was a little let down by this one. Okay. Um, interesting, compelling story. I would like to watch it again, honestly. But um, it just kind of felt like he was trying to push all of his, like, artistic hallmarks, like, as many yeah. as he could in, like, two and a half hours. Actually, yeah. I think it was closer to three hours. And we already know how I feel about movies over two and a half hours mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. But so that was just, like, a little, like, like, we get it, Wes. Right. You love a car. You love a tracking shot. Right. You love a little no, model that's of valid. something, yeah. Um, but I would like to, I would like to give it another watch, honestly. Sure, but <clears throat> back to like bringing back movies to Top back. Gun. <laughs> yeah, back to the most important topic: <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Is that? And I think for a lot of people too, everyone was like, "Okay," because mm-hmm. didn't also didn't Steven Spielberg say that that movie saved? I cinema? was just going to bring that up, <laughs> guys. There is a clip of Steven Spielberg talking to Tom Cruise and at an award show, and he's literally like, "You saved cinema, but with this movie, because I think it's just what everyone needed. It is absolutely because also, and I'm going to talk about this when we get into the actual yeah. topic of our podcast. Even though we've been talking about this for like quite literally almost <laughs> like 30 minutes, um. Probably not, but maybe that's an exaggeration. However, oh, 24 minutes. I can see it. And that's okay. Right there. Um, where was I going with that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I think about Top Gun and I just get overwhelmed. Yeah. I think about that. I close my eyes. I see the beach scene. I get overwhelmed. No, 100%. Um, is, oh, in the era of remakes, and I have a I have a problem with remakes and unnecessary sequels, I think Top Gun Maverick really kind of killed it in the, like, paying homage to the original, but but being a body of work that can stand alone. A thousand percent. And I think that was really important Mm -hmm. because you have all of the people who like grew up watching Top Gun or like people who were watching it when it first got released, like excited for this. But then you also just had the hype of this like summer blockbuster action movie. And like that 
was also, I think, once like the hype got out, was enough to drive an entirely separate audience. You're right. You're right. I have nothing else to say. It was so good. It was. I have to be careful because I can and I will talk about Top Gun Maverick for <laughs> hours on end. My um, my best friend Lindsay and I went to go see it in theaters together, and she had already seen it previously. Okay. But she was going to see it again with me. When I tell you, we were sitting clutching each other's arms like squealing and yeah. sh- not actually squealing because we know how to act in movie theaters sure. but just like shaking and just like yeah going completely and utterly feral going so feral and that is the only right way to watch top gun maverick kelly teller if you're if you're listening <laughs> we love you girl i love i love we, you we love also, what, we love what you do for the community honestly absolutely you need to let miles bring the mustache back please Kelly, we're Kelly, we're talking straight, straight to, to you. you. Straight Please to you. Bring it we back. know you're listening. All right. Because if there's one thing about me, I love a mustache. We know he's like your husband and everything, but like for the greater good. At least um, for the Oscars. At least oh, just if 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 my not God, only if for he shows up on that carpet with a mustache, I'm um, gonna cry. Yeah, I'll die right there. And Glenn Powell, keep doing what you're doing, baby. Keep doing what you're doing, <laughs> Kate. Doing what you're keep doing. doing what you're doing. We love you so much. Um, he's filming a rom com with Sydney Sweeney right now. And I don't know how to feel about truthfully, that. Truthfully, to be completely honest, I have no opinion on Sydney Sweeney. Okay. Because I did not watch Euphoria. Okay, I did. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Slay. I am excited Slay, for I guess. Glenn Powell to be in another rom com yeah. because, and yeah. we're gonna talk about this on another episode. Yes, Set we it are. Up is we are indeed. <laughs> Masterpiece. Love it. Okay. So speaking of cinema, Morgan mentioned it already, but we love Letterboxd. If there's one thing about us, we are Letterboxd girls. Okay. Absolutely. The main reason I watch movies sometimes is, is to write is the to Letterboxd read review. and write the reviews. Yes. Um, so today, to give you a little bit of insight into who we are, we decided to go through our Letterboxd top four. So we're just going to be talking about going back and forth, talking about our top four giving you a little insight into our personalities see? because once I see someone's letterbox t- it top says four, everything I need to know about everything I need to know about them. so starting off very strong my first movie is when Harry met Sally and if there's anything about me I am a Nora Ephron rom-com girl till I die you know that TikTok and sound? you know what else what's up do you know the common thread between Top Gun and when Harry met Sally what? Miss Meg Ryan oh true <laughs> True. True, true. If there's anything about me, you know that TikTok sound that's like, have I watched the big three? I've watched the big three. (laughs) Okay. That's me with When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, and You've Got Mail. Three of the best rom coms of all time. I've never seen Sleepless in Seattle. That's a crime. That's a crime. Is that the one that Ben Pol- or not uh, Bill Pullman and Sandra Bull? No, that's um, that's um while you were while sleeping. you were sleeping. I was close. You were sleep is in the title. You were close. Tom Hanks is in it. Yes, 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 it's great. But anyway, today I'm here to talk about when Harry met Sally. So the synopsis of this film is during their back to tr- their back their trip back from school. My God, Harry gives Sally a ride since they are going to the same place and have a mutual friend. This starts the years-long journey of friendship, love, and so much more. If there's one thing about me, I love a friends to lovers. I love a friends to lovers. I love it. And I became a friends to lovers girl. Thank you, Emily Henry. Because <laughs> I wasn't and I wasn't a friends to lovers girl before that. Quite frankly, I thought it was kind of boring. And Emily Henry fascinating. let me into the I love a slow burn. 
Right. It's so good. Like when you really think about it, the years of yearning and the years of the wanting years the of literal yearning. years is so good. The thing about when Harry met Sally though, they weren't really in love the whole time. No, which I think is all. really interesting. And I think it's okay. It's more realistic. Yes, I think so too. They built such a strong foundation of like <coughs> friendship and mutual respect for one another. And then realized that they were actually in love with each other. Right. And it was beautiful. And just the vibes, like the fall, autumn in New York. All of Meg Ryan's outfits. All of Meg Ryan's outfits. The cable knit sweater. The cable knit sweater that Billy Crystal wears, the white one. It's perfect. I love it. I it's love perfect. it. I love everything about this movie. Um, so that is my number one. Morgan, what is your number one? My in a completely opposite direction. <laughs> My number one is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, I was introduced to this movie in high school, and I have a picture from after I finished it. Red blotchy face, tears and snot covering my face. It absolutely destroyed me. Mm -hmm. For those who, I don't want to call it a niche film because it's been out since 2004, I think. Yeah. It's not that niche. Um but for people who don't know what it's about, um, there has there is a doctor who has created or found a way to erase painful memories. Mm -hmm. And um, the main character, these are two main characters, Joel and Clementine, who had been dating. Cute names. I know, right? So Joel finds out that his ex-girlfriend Clementine has gotten him erased from her mind and has decided that he wants to have her erased as well. During the procedure, then, he begins to question if he's making the right decision. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, um, A, heartbreaking film. But also, I love to think about what-if scenarios and, like, how different my life would look like if I didn't make specific choices and if I didn't talk to, talk to, talk to specific people, not even romantically, mm -hmm. just, like, if I decided to, like, not have a conversation with the cashier at Whole Foods one day. I say that like I shop at Whole Foods all the time. I don't. I don't know why Whole Foods was the grocery store I chose. Um, but it's it's just it's and it shows because my mom my entire life has always said she go she would always tell me if I was upset about something she's like everything that you do, every decision that you make, every person that you talk to, is shaping you as a person in some way, shape, or form. And so I think it's really interesting to think about, like, the consequences of completely removing someone from your life and, yeah. like, the impact that they've had on you. And the, the movie is absolutely heartbreaking. I don't want to talk – like, there's – I can't go a lot deeper into it because I am going to spoil it. It's okay. Um, actually, quick spoiler – not really spoiler alert, <laughs> but kind of. It does – my favorite thing that movies do is when they start and they end in the same scene. Love that. I love that. I love yeah. – that yeah. because when you get the context it's like it's heart-wrenching yeah um also Jim Carrey plays Joel and Kate Winslet plays Clementine Love it's a it. weirdly star-studded cast yeah Jim Carrey Kate Winslet uh Kristen Dunst is it Kristen or Kirsten I think it's Kirsten. Kirsten okay Kirsten Dunst yeah. Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood like a weird Slay. like a weirdly star-studded cast yeah um and Jim Carrey slays dramatic acting mm -hmm. slays it love it there are comedic moments in the film because i guess it's technically a rom-com mm -hmm. but like he is 
so good at it. And I don't know why we've all just decided to like make him the funny man. Yeah. Like he slays that. Don't get me wrong. But like, I want to see him in more dramatic roles and I'm talking way too much, but I do have to tell this anecdote. Tell it. Of (laughs) this year on February 14th, (laughs) Valentine's day, I went alone (laughs) (laughs) to a movie theater to go watch eternal sunshine and cry. Yeah. And I did. I, I mean, like, I that. held it together because I was in public and, like, didn't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. But imagine being alone in a theater full of couples watching yeah. one of the most heart-wrenching rom-coms you've ever seen in your entire life. Humbling experience, for sure. But I, had, I bet. I had an amazing time, and there was no other way I would have wanted to spend my Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's really funny and says a lot about me as a person. The fact I that love I that. just went alone to I torture know. myself, essentially. <laughs> I need to watch this movie because after you've been just raving about it constantly... It's just, I need to see it. Yeah, and it's it's one of the things. A lot of times when I go back and rewatch, because I rewatched it a couple times since mm-hmm. I watched it for the first time, a movie that I watched in high school, because like now I'm a little bit older, right? A little bit more mature. I'm like, oh, what did I ever? See? I, I, I still get the allure. Yeah, it is perfect. Love it. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now. All right. Well, my next movie is Don't Worry, Darling. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was looking at our Google Doc. No, like, no uh, it's not. <laughs> can you imagine if that was on my Letterbox top four? No, I'm just kidding. I love the drama of it all, though. Yeah. Like if it was for sure, that would be iconic of me, honestly. <laughs> um, no, but my next one is Little Women, the 2019 version, to be exact. Um, if there's something about me, it's the fact that I'm going to eat up a Greta Gerwig movie, and that's just everything she does. Um, she is mother. She yeah. is mother. Have you I, seen Frances Ha? Yes. Okay. I just watched it recently. Okay. Iconic. We'll, ta- we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. Um, so Little Women, this was Greta Gerwig's um, remake of the classic story, obviously, by Louisa May Alcott. Um, it follows four sisters, Joe, Amy, Beth, and Meg, growing up in the aftermath of the Civil War. Um, this is my favorite remake of Little Women. And I know that's controversial, but I'm going to say it with my whole chest. But it's... But it's not because I think it's everyone's favorite remake. I mean, I am the Christian Bale version. I am, that's got a lot of people. I'm very, very partial to the one with Christian Bale and yeah, Winona um, Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yep. I almost called her Veronica because it's the name of her character <laughs> in Heather's. Oh my god. Um, I am very partial to that version because that's the one that, that I mean that's what we both would have grown up on. Yeah. I guess. Um, and I love Christian. If there's one thing about me, I love Christian Bale. Sure. Um. But there is something about the art yes. behind the 2019. A thousand percent. I wrote that down in my notes because the way that Greta tells the story with the back and forth between current day and when they were children, in the most subtle way, you have to pay attention or you'll miss it. It's Absolutely. That's why I didn't, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Oh, it's so good because I was watching it in the theater and I was paying attention so vividly i think that's why i couldn't grasp it because i was watching it in the theater yeah. and was also like overstimulated i don't like movie theaters as a rule okay um we can talk about the period of my life i think for like five to six years i did not step foot in a movie theater we'll talk about that later sure uh <laughs> um so i think that's why i didn't like it the first time i watched it and then i rewatched it and i was like no wait this is amazing i don't know what i was talking it's about it's a masterpiece it's the way beautiful the warm and cool toned lighting i'm a sucker for that I'm i a, love mm. it the yeah. way that she styles their hair differently to display the time period that they're in. You have to pay attention to the little details or or you will miss it. Yeah. It's 
so good. Also, the cast is amazing. amazing. Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, my girl, Miss Flo. Um, Laura Dern. Meryl Streep. Laura Dern, Meryl Streep. I love how Meryl's in that movie for maybe 15 minutes total, yeah. and she eats it up. Yeah. I'm forgetting the girl that plays Beth, but she is such a great actress. She's I just want to give her props. Because what is her name? I also watched her in Sharp Objects, and she's just a phenomenal actress. Like, she deserves all the flowers. Her performance of Beth um, made Was me so sob. good. Made because I sob. think one thing that this version does is it connects you to Beth 100%. In, in more than just she's the sickly sister. Right. Because they give like her music and then her connection with um with Lori's the uncle or uncle grandfather, or grandfather yeah, yeah, yeah. kills me. Yeah. Kills me. Kills me. Um I the, think she's played by Eliza Scanlon. Scanlon. That's it. Yes. Um Eliza Scanlon, love you girl. This was the reason that I appreciated it so deeply was I watched it at a really tra- transformative time of my life. I think I was a freshman in college when it came out. And the line where Meg says, just because my dreams are different than yours doesn't make them less important. So good. I I was sobbing. So I'm good. literally tearing up right now because the way that each sister is so individual and in what they wanted in life and none of it felt less important than someone else's. Never. Everyone's dreams were valid. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. My one gripe with the movie used to be that I didn't like, because in the... 1990 whenever version yeah they cast two different actors yes, to play amy they did and my original gripe with 2019 version was you don't realize how jarring it is yeah for Lori to pick amy pick, i'm gonna like pick in quotation marks right. to pick amy yeah and i do kind of miss that mm-hmm. a little bit in the 2019 version I'm willing to overlook it for florence Pugh though sure um and just like for like the art yeah. That 2019 brings. But I think that was the thing with Greta's Greta's version though, was because Florence too phenomenal. Ma- and she, she made she did such Amy a good job. feel like yes. like a child. Yes. Like her mannerisms. She did a her phenomenal hair, job. The way just everything that she did to make Amy seem like a child. Yes. It worked. It worked. It no, and it it, yeah. re- it really did. And that's why I'm like, I can overlook yeah. that in the twenty nineteen version yeah. because it's it's done so well. Yeah. And Timothy Chalamet, 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 Timothy Chalamet was born to play Laurie. He does a born. he does a great um, period piece. Yes, sad cast boy. him in more period pieces. <laughs> a because sap. his role in French Dispatch is a little bit period okay. piecey, a little yeah. bit kind of does a great yeah, job. Yeah, he was born to play does that a movie. great job playing a like struggling French college student. Does a great job playing that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yes, that was Little Women. Morgan, what is your next movie? My next movie, not to bring up Wes Anderson again, <laughs> is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Love it. Um, so this is a, like a really basic description because I think it's so hard to do. And maybe this is just me being like up Wes Anderson's asshole. Like I love him <laughs> so much. It's really hard to have a short description for his movies because they're yeah. so like dynamic. There's always so much going on. But the gist of it is Steve Zizzo is a marine biologist, kind of Jacques Cousteau-esque. Okay. Um, and his partner is killed by this like mythic shark and he decides to get revenge and kill the shark. And so he kind of like pulls together this ragtag crew and is going to go after the shark. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it, it has all of what's it? It's uh, Bill Murray. I love. Um, I think both Wilsons are in it. Oh, I think and Owen Luke and Luke. I think both of them Interesting. are in it. Interesting. Um, Jeff Goldblum is in it. Okay. Tilda Swinton. Great. Which Jeff Goldblum isn't in Wes Anderson stuff as much as Tilda, but mm-hmm. um, Matthew Gray Goobler, when he was a student at NYU, was an intern for Wes Anderson, and he plays an intern in the film, and he has the most god awful perm I've oh ever no. seen, and it's amazing. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's such a Wes Anderson movie. Like, yeah. it's so quirky. Yeah. He does, I love how beautiful it is. That's one mm-hmm. of my, it's a beautifully shot movie because he has all of these, It's it goes kind of to stop motion a little bit at the end when they, like, are confronted with the shark and whatever. And, like, he does the model of the ship that they're on and shows all the little rooms. And it's just, and does all of his, like, classic mm-hmm. Marks. Yeah. I love Wes Anderson. As Wes Anderson, if you're listening, I love you. Come um, on the pod. Come on the pod, please. <laughs> um, and also, I think one of the things that sells this movie for me is the soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack is all David Bowie songs <gasps> sung in Portuguese, acoustic. Okay. And it's beautiful because yeah. it, it does another th- another one of my favorite things that movies do when the soundtrack is in court. Like, okay. Like in Baby Driver, you mm-hmm. know how like when he takes out the headphones, the music mm-hmm. stops. One of the cast members is like a bard, not really, but kind of. Yeah. He's like he, he has his guitar, and like if you hear a song playing, you see him in the scene playing that song. Oh, I love that, and I just I love that. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful, artful, like eh, quirky movie. <laughs> But it just makes me feel good, and it's beautiful. And Jeff Goldblum is there. And Jeff Goldblum is and there. And we can't ask for anything more. And honestly, yeah. Life Aquatic is on there kind of as a place. Like, you could put any, most any Wes Anderson movie there. And, like, sure. it's just kind of to represent Wes Anderson. Sure. But the, the Life Aquatic was the first Wes Anderson movie I ever watched. Or maybe it was Fantastic Mr. Fox. But I think the first time I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, I didn't I didn't know it was Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um. So... Like Life Aquatic was the first one that I watched, like knowing, perceiving knowing Wes Anderson, yeah, sure. and like wanting to seek out his yeah. stuff. That's great. So that love is, that. Yeah, love that so much. I love that movie. I yeah. need to rewatch it. They took it off of Netflix, and I'm really oh. sad. Rude. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, the next one is in fact an Olivia Wilde movie, not Don't Worry, Darling. But um, my next movie is Booksmart. Have you seen Booksmart? I've not. <gasps> Actually, I was gonna. I was gonna ask if you wanted to go see it with me because there's a theater here that is gonna be playing it soon. Yes. Okay. I will. We'll figure that out. Oh my god. Okay. This is amazing. So, don't worry, darling. Was your first introduction to Olivia Wilde's work? Yes. Okay. That's hurtful. Um. Anyway. Well, I guess not her first introduction to her. Not my first introduction to her work. Well, her, because, her like, directing work, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Okay. I was like aware of who she was as a person before that. And like, I knew Booksmart was good. I oh wanted to. See, that's my thing. It's like, I always say, I'm not going to go see this movie in theaters. I'm going to wait for it to come out on streaming. And, and then, then I just never, never watch it. Sure. So it's not like I've been avoiding her work by yeah. any means. Like, I. Because re- also, I love Caitlin De- De- Devers. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. And Beanie Feldstein is also and, in her. Okay. And Beanie Feldstein. Do lo- yeah. Like, yeah. No, that was not like I wasn't trying to like cut out Beanie there. Like, no, slay Beanie. You're good. You're good. So anyway, um, well, let me give you a little synopsis. So this movie follows Molly and Amy, who have set out to have the best night ever on the eve of their graduation night after realizing they spent all their time in the world of academia and not enough time having fun. 
So basically the movie opens with like the night before graduation. <laughs> um, they are like talking to all, all the popular kids who have been like partying their whole high school career. Um, and meanwhile, Molly and Amy have never really been the type to go out. They have straight A's. They're going to great schools. Um, but then they realize that all of the popular kids who have been partying the whole time are also going to those good schools. So um. they're like, oh, like we could have been doing, doing this the whole both? time. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? So they set out to have the night of their lives. Does it take place in only one night? Only one night, girl. I, only I, one do, night. I do love those kinds of it's, like contained yes. stories. It is just a lot of the times when people try to portray what high school is like, mm-hmm. it just is very cheesy. Yeah. And it's it's just not real. This was one of the first coming of age movies that I've ever watched where it's funny and I I was like, yeah, these people could like be mm-hmm. my classmates in high school. The whole cast is incredible. Beanie Feldstein, Caitlin Dever, Jason Sudeikis is in it for a little bit. Yeah, no. I think he plays the principal. I haven't seen it in a while, I but he's in it. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, that we could talk about that for hours. <laughs> I love that man. Um, the cast is just so good. The dialogue never lags. It's very Gilmore Girls in the way where it's just like banging off each other, like, like just lots of little one liners. Lots of little one liners. It's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, I just love Booksmart, and I will go see it with you. Okay, so Actually, you can experience I it for think the first my time. Aunt has seen it, and she really Classic. liked it. I because I feel like I remember her asking me. I was like at her house one day, and she was like, "Have you seen that like that movie Booksmart?" Yeah. And I was like, "No." She's like, "I watched it the other day. It was really good." I, I, I'm sure she probably said like one of the characters reminded yeah. her of me because that would be like the only reason she was bringing that movie sure. up to me. Um, which I'm not like yeah tooting my own horn with. I've never seen the movie. The, the <laughs> character could be horrible people, so that could be, like, the insult of the century. Who knows? Um, yeah. I just, I love it. I really want to see it, though. I love it. Okay. What's your next one? I'm excited to hear about this. <laughs> my number three is Knives Out. Yeah. Directed by Ryan Johnson himself. And, again, quick little synopsis. Uh, it's a murder mystery surrounding the death of a family's patriarch, Harlan Thromby, who is also a, like, murder mystery novelist. Um, Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig. I love Daniel Craig, fun fact. Yeah. Um, is brought in to find, who was a detective, and is brought in to find out who killed him and ends up uh, kind of recruiting Marta, who is who was Harlan's caretaker, to help him in the investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say, I think this movie is perfect, I would agree with that. I think it's perfect. I would agree with that. Because I have seen this movie an embarrassing amount of times. Yeah. Embarrassing amount of times. Because one of my best, best friends from back home, Nick, we both love Chris Evans so much. And that's what I, I went to go see Knives Out in theaters when it came out um, because I think it was a Christmas day. It was a Christmas day. It was I'm a Christmas sure. day movie. Yeah. And my mom and I like to go see movies on Christmas day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember really like really liking it when I saw it in theaters because my whole thing is, is I don't like when I can predict a storyline. Sure. And I know some people say that they predicted the storyline and like there were definitely times where I was like, oh, it would be interesting if that happened. But I wasn't like, oh, this I, is for uh, sure, sure going to happen. Like, yeah. I, so I was just kind of like pleasantly surprised that I could not predict where it was going. And um, and then again, I love Chris Evans. So yeah. 
And then Nick and I both love Chris Evans. Mm -hmm. And so we watched it together because I don't think he had seen it. And I was like, oh, it's good. Like, we need to watch it. And then now we have this gag where (laughs) (laughs) we'll go. We're trying to, you know, if we're hanging out, trying to figure out something to watch, we'll go. Have you heard of that that movie? Um, and we'll pretend like we've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And we and we're like, it's called like Spoons In or something. Like, like we'll always <laughs> sure. say like another utensil and a preposition. Till and we're like, and it's just, you know, it's it's like it's and it's got that guy from the Marvel from mm-hmm. the from the Marvel movies, um, um, pa- Paul Rudd. Like, yeah. and like we'll just like say it wrong. It's just like it's our little gag. And so I've seen it an embarrassing amount of times. And what I love is every time the movie has so many layers. Mm-hmm. You can watch it over and over and over and find a new detail, totally. learn something new every time you watch it, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, again, I've been, I've, I've seen it, I'm not going to lie, probably <laughs> like 30 times. <laughs> Morgan, 30 times. Like, probably. I'm not judging you. Thank I'm you. not. Um, I love that. And that's like, that's a generous estimate. It's sure. definitely upwards of 20. Okay. And probably like 30 is probably like the max. Yeah. But um, it's just, every, I don't get sick of it mm-hmm. because it's such a compelling story. It you is. You are given a reason to like or hate the characters immediately. Yep. And then sometimes that gets switched up throughout. Mm-hmm. It's a very dynamic and that literally nothing stays the same. Yeah. The people that you know in the beginning of the movie are not the people that you know at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's phenomenal. Maybe Benoit Blanc is the only character that kind of reigns like stag- sure. stagnant, but not even stagnant in a bad way. Yeah. He just like doesn't, he doesn't need character development in right. this story. That's true. Um, And it's just, it's so smart. It's so witty. It, again, like just lots of little one-liners. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I think also, because it came out in 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. That was definitely like starting the era of remakes. Yes, and I yes. was just so excited to see an original storyline in the era of remakes. You're right. Um, and That's I think point. it has really held up. All of all of the cast mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis slays. Jamie Lee, you are all of us, girl. <laughs> I love her. You are all of us. I love her. Have um, you seen the Ariana DeBose rap? Did you do you know the reference? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just making yes. sure. Yes. Yes. I knew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But I mean, like that. It's just the characters so are good. so well written. It's the amazing. story is so well written. Also, for anyone who um, is listening and doesn't know this, Ryan Johnson puts Jordan, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in all his movies. But you may be asking, I didn't see Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. In the scene where they find, um, like, Harlan has just died. Marta is at home, mm-hmm. and her they're all sitting in their kitchen, and her sister's watching a, like, a Western or, like, a, a murder mystery movie. The voice of the detective in that movie is Joseph Shut Gordon-Levitt. Up. Have you seen Glass Onion? Yes, I have. Do you know who Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in Glass Onion? No, I don't. He's the hourly gong. Bye. I know. Bye. I know. I love that. Also, I was going to ask before we get into our last movie, what did you think of Glass Onion in comparison to Knives Out? I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, first time someone said the name of the podcast while recording. Um, 
I really liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, You cannot compare the two. No, I don't think they're comparable at all. They are not comparable at all. And that's okay. Yeah. I think if we're going to have like a Knives Out cinematic universe, I don't want the movies to be comparable. Yeah. I want it to be different every time because then you're, because murder mystery, you're going to get tired. Sure. You're going to run out of ways to make that interesting Mm -hmm. just by nature of like, that idea has been around forever. Right. Agatha Christie has probably done it a million different ways. Like, yeah. it's hard to make it new. Um, but I think Ryan Johnson does a great job. And I will say, I don't understand people's complaints about COVID being a plot point in the movie. Because you get 20 minutes in and they never mention it again. Yeah, not really. Like, it sets up the beginning. And I think it's a clever, I'm, and I don't, and I do not like when media brings COVID into their plot lines. Yeah. And I'm going to stand by that Mm -hmm. because people are using especially like in the thick of the pandemic people are using media as an escape yeah they don't want to be confronted with the reality of what's happening outside but I think it's a clever setup I think it's a clever way to get everyone together it gave you a lot of information on who the characters were going in yes like definitely yeah and also we get a Hugh Grant cameo and we do and how can anyone be upset at a Hugh Grant cameo. And we love Hugh Grant and, here. And if we there's love, one thing about us, there's we one thing love about us, Hugh we Grant. love Hugh Grant. Um, we should do an episode just talking about Hugh Grant. I would love that. Okay. We'll, I would love that. We'll start writing We that. do. We have a list of episode titles, and I think one of them on there is talking about the white boys of the month. Oh, yes. Um, and so we will We will be going into that. Okay. Don't you worry. And, and I will. And I could. And, and I will <laughs> go into heavy detail or whatever that TikTok sound yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, But um, I really liked Glass Onion. I thought it was clever. I thought, yeah. um, and again, like they dropped the COVID thing like 20 minutes in. Um, and I think it does the same thing. Of For you, sure don't really know what's happening yeah and the characters that you know in the beginning are not the characters totally. that you know at the end totally and ben i agree is there and benwell blanc is there and i love him yeah i love daniel craig As i want should. i want him to play a <laughs> um like low country down south Please. detective Please. for the rest of time yeah because he does that accent so well i know it's amazing which okay i'm gonna stop ta- i'm gonna say this <laughs> and then i'm gonna stop talking about knives out because i've been talking for so long i feel like my favorite line okay my two favorite lines in um in the first knives out mm-hmm. both have to do uh, both surround benoit block's accent yeah because when um Oh my God, what's his name? Ransom first mm-hmm. shows up to the house and he's like, don't talk to me. I'm distraught. He meets Benoit Block and he goes, CSI KFC. And I think that's so funny. <laughs> I think that's so funny. And then at the very end, Ransom again goes like, oh, shut up, shut up with your Kentucky fried foghorn leghorn draw. And I just think that's so funny. Yeah. Just, I, it's, again, it's smart, it's witty, it's, it's good. funny, it's, it's quick, it's good. and it's perfect. I agree. And I'm going to stop talking about Knives Out now. Love that. Because I could talk about it forever. I agree. It's a great movie. could talk about it for hours. You know what? I might go home and watch it. <laughs> you should. You should. <laughs> for the 31st time. Yeah. So lastly, for our last movie, Morgan and I had the same, had the same movie. I mean, because as we should. It's Lady Bird. Directed by none other than herself. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Um, I want you to go first. Okay. Um, I, I struggle with the coming of age genre. Interesting. That's where we differ, girl. Because I just feel like sometimes 
and maybe I'm watching bad coming of age movies and I'm okay. fully willing to admit that because like the spectacular now bad, bad. <laughs> not a good one so bad sorry 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 Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller bad it's a bad movie yeah um but sometimes I struggle because the the journey is too unrealistic okay and too niche that's fair because I'm gonna shit on the spectacular now yeah like how (laughs) many people are getting into an abusive relationship with an alcoholic in high school right in high school right you know like it's the same thing with call me by your name i've also never seen that oh my god don't watch it yeah because (laughs) because i heard what what timmy c does with that peach and i don't want to watch it after that. don't watch it also army hammer yikes um big yikes Um, yeah so you know it's just like sometimes the plot lines are too because isn't like the whole point of like that coming of age genre is like a connection to other people the, the other audience people, the audience yeah like ev- everyone has had these kinds of struggling with self moments because i recently had a conversation with a friend and i was saying like i think it's hard to do coming of age for an adult audience and th- she she stopped me and she was like no because everyone is going to have a time in their life that's full of change and that's totally. what a coming of age story is at its mm-hmm. core i feel like and i was like no you're right and so i i don't know sometimes like if i can't connect which i don't need to connect with every piece of media that i'm consuming mm-hmm. but but it's a, better when you do it's better when you do and for a genre that like prides itself it's supposed on, to be yeah that. exactly yeah. like you you kind of lose me sure so i was very pleasantly surprised by ladybird because i watched it and immediately loved it because i went to catholic school and that's a very unique ex- and granted she, they were on the west coast i was on the east coast and i think just like through media i have learned that the school experience like on the east coast versus the west coast is so wildly different mm-hmm. um but that catholic school experience is something so personal yeah and just the when she takes the teacher's grade book or and he's like it's on your honor to tell me the grade that it was mm-hmm struck me to my <laughs> core because I like 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 we we were told that before we took every test like it's on your honor we had mm-hmm. to sign an honor statement on all of our tests and everything and like the the image the, I but I will say the two most unrealistic things about Liddy Bird are the fact that she could have colored hair at Catholic school mm. and that she could wear a sweatshirt that was not part of the uniform mm-hmm. those are the two most unrealistic things about that movie okay um and those are personal <laughs> gripes with some sure. because my dad watched i recommended the recommended the movie to my dad and even he my dad was in his 60s when he watched this movie mm-hmm. still connected to it because of that like he also yeah. had the same comment about the you're on your or it's like the yeah. it's it's your honor and like i think that's so amazing that mm-hmm. like someone in their 60s was watching this movie sure. and still connecting with it like i think that's a hallmark of a really good yeah. coming of age movie i completely agree um god i don't even remember i watched this movie around the time that it came out so i was i definitely waited i did not watch it until my sophomore year of college i don't really know why we decided to watch it we like rented it one random night um but i think i was like a sophomore in high school so at that time you know everyone everyone just kind of has beef with their mom at that time in their yeah. life um me and my mom watched this movie together and it felt it felt like we were watching a biopic 
I I truly don't think I could watch that movie with my mom. No. And not that my mom and I have a bad relationship. My mom and I have a a, a very great relationship. Yeah. But I still don't think I could be confronted with that. Like with 100%. my mom. Hundred percent. It was like it was just too real. And let me just say, mom, if you're listening to this, I love you. You are everything. I love my mom. And you know what? I'm going to say that. Mom, if you're listening to this, and I know you are. I love love you. you. And you're everything. (laughs) And you're amazing. But it is a very transformative time for a mother and daughter, for a mother to start seeing their daughter as a woman. Yes. Instead of their little child. Which, like, you don't have children. Which we don't. I can't imagine how hard that is. I can't imagine that either. But the relationship that she had with her mom was so personal mm-hmm. to me yeah. so personal to me and i it was just i the performances were stellar stellar amazing amazing everyone did a yeah phenomenal job the line where lady bird's talking to her mom and like the goodwill when she tries on her dress and she's like do you do you like me yeah and she's like well i mean you're my daughter i love you and she's like no but do you like me and I'll tell you why that got me. It got me real good. My dad growing up, ev- every night when I would go upstairs to go to bed, he would tell me that he loved me, that he liked me, and that he was proud of me. And I was so confused. I was like, but if you love me, of course you like me. And he right. was like, no, you can love They're someone two and things. not like them. They Absolutely. exist on entirely different planes. And so when I heard that I was like and the fact that she couldn't even say that she liked her daughter no because like at that point yeah the love's an obligation and that's crushing right that's crushing to be confronted with yeah I just think as Greta's directorial debut was that the was that her debut I think she worked a little bit on Frances Ha with With Noah Noah Baumbach yeah but this was her first one that was like her Mm -hmm. girl Knocked it out of the park. She did like, a great job. It was just so real. And I think that was the bottom line. Like, yeah. it was so indicative of the relationship that so many daughters mm-hmm. at that point in their life have with their mothers. Yeah. Dude, I loved it's it. I still so go back. I still go back and watch it. I do too. I it's definitely rewatch phenomenal. Which I rewatch a lot of movies. Like, I'm a movie rewatcher. Yeah. Well, the end scene where she's on the phone with her mom. And she's like, they're finally at that place when where she's I, like understanding. When I say that I think that might be one of the best ending scenes. And you're right. In like modern yeah. movies, yeah. modern media. Yeah. It's so pivotal. Yeah. I can't believe Greta did not win an Oscar for it. Was it nominated for anything? I can't remember. It was nominated for Best Picture. Oh. And, and I think, Gre- I believe Greta was nominated for it best director but it did not win um i think that was the year that the shape of water won which tragic 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 if greta doesn't win for barbie next year i'm so excited for that i'm also so excited for it but she better get her flowers (laughs) or we're rioting i'm calling the academy uh and we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation um but yeah we love ladybird we if there's one thing about us we're gonna talk about ladybird we're gonna talk about ladybird i do bring that movie up a lot uh, me too. Since watching it, it I has recommend become, it to everybody. It has become a very important piece of media in my life. Me too. Um, God, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, bro. <laughs> He's there. Has he been in 
No, he's only been in he's only been in this and Little Women. Little women. I was gonna say, was there another one that he was? I in? don't think he's gonna be in Barbie, which is sad. Tragic, tragic. Yeah, no. But Timothy Chalamet just needs to just needs to start playing like angsty sad boys please, for the rest please. of time. Because I think Greta understands him and understands yeah. the kind of actor that he is. And I think that's why he's so good in her movies. Is because they just they just work so well together. I mean, so same well with together. Saoirse. Sa- same with Saoirse Ronan. God, I love her. I love Saoirse Ronan so much. She is so <sighs> good. She's, she's an, icon. an icon. She's a legend. She's also in she the French is, Dispatch. Yes, I know. I do know that. It's a weird, again, a weirdly star-studded cast. Yeah. Wes was putting on all the stops. He that. was. I need to rewatch that. I want to give it a second watch. Sure. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Well, guys, this is our first, is our first episode. episode. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs> Not even watching, listening. There's, for, there's, no, there's no visual element to thank this. Thank you so much for listening, too. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, Make sure you follow our Instagram to stay tuned yeah, on our recent episodes. Um, our Instagram is at I'm, I'm so glad pod because we thought I'm so glad you brought that, that up. Pod, pod was going to be little too long. long. <laughs> a little long. Um, but we'll make sure to link it in the episode description um, yes. so you can find it very easily. Give us a five-star review or any kind of review. Just if be you, nice about just it, Just be nice. This is our first episode. We're still learning. We're fragile. Um, but we are so excited to see where this goes. I know. And we can't wait to keep talking with you guys. So thank you for thank listening. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Bye, everybody. Bye.